Hi, this is Heidi McDonald of PW Comics World's More to Come podcast, and today we have an amazing special guest, Jeff Smith, the creator of Bone, the classic fantasy comic, and now Razzle, which is just out in its final form, its ultimate form, I guess, um, full color uh, graphic novel, and so we'll talk to Jeff about that and his upcoming projects. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing great, Heidi. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Um, I was just rereading Razzle for this and enjoying it all over again. It really reads well in one book, so it's uh, definitely a, a a story that hangs together incredibly well. Um, considering... I'm glad. It definitely works better in one chunk rather than spread out over months and months. Yeah. Well, did you have the whole thing plotted out from the beginning, or, or were there some, some aspects of it that you, you did on the fly? Well, I kind of approached it the same way I did with Bone, which was start with the end and then kind of work your way backwards when you're planning it. I mean, mm-hmm. I was writing my outline. So that you could kind of, you know where you're going and just kind of hit some major, you know, decisions and actions that you think are going to, uh, you know, be important to the story. And once I have that outline, you know, it's very loosely structured. And then, then start. Mm-hmm. And if something comes up that kind of pushes the story off to the side, follow it, especially if it's interesting, and then try to, you know, just <laughs> kind of wean it back to the mm-hmm. to the track it's supposed to be on. That's exactly the way I did Bones. This, I wrote it exactly the same way I did mm-hmm. Bones, where right. I started with the ending, uh, I knew what the end would be, and then worked my way backwards, um, just putting in, you know, little moments of that either were strong visually or little decision points on either characters are going to have to make. And with just that loose framework, you know, I could start and, and travel through it and leave plenty of room for improvisation, right. which keeps it exciting and I think interesting, not only for me, but for the readers, because you never know what's going to happen. Right. Well, now, did you find with Razzle, I mean, I know you had the whole idea of the RV, you know, the dimension jumping art thief and, you know, Tesla's ideas and all that. I mean, I know that was the, kind of the springboard for the story. I mean, were there things that as you did it that developed over time or that you surprised you with how they turned out? Well, it was it was, it was weird. I actually didn't have Tesla in it at the beginning. I, I, I started with this idea of, you know, parallel universes just really on a strictly, you know, kind of a fantasy science fiction concept. Like, what if you could go to a parallel universe where everything was very nearly the same? Like, you switch places with yourself, mm-hmm. uh, and then you would, like, maybe meet your wife, but she was married to someone else, or, you know, all the different kinds of pathways of your life, sort of like a this is a wonderful life concept mm-hmm. in a way. And that was just the very beginning of it, and I, because of my interest in. Uh, hard-boiled Dashiell Hammett-like stories, I began creating these characters and sort of creating a world around it. And as I looked, as I did research on how could I make the physics work, that's when I got into string theory. And I'm yeah. like, oh, wait a minute. This really, there's there's some real basis and foundation to the science behind behind this. And I, and the, so I had, I had a triangle of a bad guy you know, the, the femme fatale and my, my damaged hero. And I had this scientific nugget to base it on. And I struggled with that for years, Heidi. I actually started working on this in, like, 2000. Wow. I, I, I remember talking to Paul Pope about it in New York back in the early aughts and telling him about it and bouncing ideas off him. But, it, I, but, I, but I couldn't get any further than that 
until I, I just finally committed to like I've really got to sit down and figure this out. And that's when I went out into the desert. Uh, it's been a couple weeks going every day deeper and deeper into the Sonoran Desert, and I discovered Tesla on uh-huh. that trip, and that changed everything. Suddenly, all the all the science and the fringe science all kind of had like a, a, a something to hang their hat on, right? Plus, uh, the idea of Tesla's lost papers, which is real. Uh-huh. A lot of his papers were lost in like Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which is the original Area 51. And so not only did I have, have all the fringe science and the real science and my noir hard-boiled uh, trio, I suddenly had my MacGuffin. Uh-huh. I had my Maltese Falcon, which was uh, Tesla's lost journal. So then it, it all just really came together. Oh, really like six months before I actually put the book out. Wow. <laughs> so just the idea coalesced around all these things. Amazing. Did you, um, I mean, you got pretty far into uh, some, you know, fringe science or X-Files or, you know, Art Bell, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so had you been interested in all this kind of uh, weird, uh, suppositional, uh, middle-of-the-night stuff before? or uh, Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm, I wasn't a huge follower of it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more interested uh, in real physics and science. I mean, uh, you know, like watching, you know, Nova mm-hmm. <laughs> or reading a Brian Greene book or a Stephen Hawking book uh, or Carl Sagan. Uh, I devour those things. So I'm, I was more interested in, like, the real stories and the real science. But of course, you know, I liked X Files <laughs> as much as anybody, you know, and who doesn't like UFOs? Um, so to so to take like the kind of um, you know, that fringe science and uh, overlay it with the hard world characters, that was kind of where I wanted to go with that. Right, right. I know so do you think uh, obviously another aspect of Razzle uh, uh, coming out after Bone, uh, which was uh, quite a success. Uh, you know, here's your follow-up. Uh, exactly. So, you know, I'm a little bit of pressure there. I just wanted to throw it all away, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, but, uh, I mean, no, I mean, I know you had so, some goals in, in mind with Razzle. Uh, at first, I mean, do you think you achieved them as a cartoonist or a, and as a publisher? I I do. I, I I'm a very proud papa of this book. It is it's solid and it's exactly what I was trying to do. I wanted to explore, um, you know, kind of realistic relationships, damaged relationships, mm-hmm. um, you know, making mistakes in your life choices. Russell's made quite a few of them, and we all have, you know, just but just in fiction, it's it's mm-hmm. amplified. So um, yeah, I feel very good in publishing wise. I this book was a real exercise in. A small publisher working <laughs> overseas and you know trying to get the right pulpy matte finished paper to get the inks to take to it right the dot game was wildly out of control and you know I had to work with printers that didn't really speak English and didn't really want to talk to me <laughs> right right but we had a you know it's, it's not just me obviously it's the J and we have Kathleen Glosen and Tom uh-huh. Gott and Steve Hammaker doing the color. So we had a whole team that, you know, spent uh, a year setting it up and getting it all together and making it right. Uh-huh. Did so you... that was so. I'm very pleased with it. Right. No, but it, it's had so many different um, incarnations. However, I mean, you originally did it in black and white, 
And mm-hmm. you also put out a black and white collection, or you had oversized, you had comic book size. <laughs> so, like what I was saying, this is the ultimate form, uh, which is a comic book size. So it's slightly shrunk down. Um, no, it's a little. Guys, it's a little bigger than the comic. Book. Okay, so it's a little yeah. bigger than the comic, uh, but a big, thick book, all in one, and in color. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but is this? I mean, did you always want it to be for color, or? I'm not sure. No, I didn't really always want it in color. Um, I mean, my original idea was to do the oversized one, so you know, like the big kind of Andy Warhol interview size mm-hmm. or raw magazine right. size. That's kind of was my original idea. Um, but I, 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 I encountered, you know, a lot of resistance uh, from retailers uh, who didn't think, you know, it'd be easy to, you know, to shelve or that their customers would have anywhere, to put any boxes to make them fit mm-hmm. in. Um, <laughs> it also, it, you know, it it also didn't get very much traction in the beginning. And, um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I mean, maybe it's just that wasn't what bone readers were looking for. Mm-hmm. So... Um, when one format was not really clicking, well, that's one of the advantages of self-publishing is Vijay and I can, we can brainstorm and we can move very quickly and say, well, maybe a different format would would work. Like the big oversized books did okay. They actually started doing better as the series went on. We had four of them. Uh-huh. And, but uh, at first they were not doing very well. And we thought, well, maybe there wasn't enough story in it. So we took like the two of them, uh, booked them together in a smaller, more conventional size little trade paperback, and that kind of worked. That was the first moment where we started uh, feeling like it was it was getting read. There was getting some traction. We started seeing um, some pretty good reviews around. So, so ultimately, yes, I always wanted to do a one volume. I mean, that's kind of was. That was kind of our plan all the way through Bones. Serialize the novel, you know, put the collections together to keep, you know, it alive. Uh-huh. And then in the end, you know, the, that's the final book. Have you found that, um, you know, what kind of readers have you found for Razzle? I mean, obviously Bone is, it's all ages, but it has a very devoted following among, you know, younger readers. Um, Razzle mm-hmm. is adult. And, I mean, did you find your fan base changing or? Well, um you know, I don't really know yet. I'm actually waiting to see what this book does because mm-hmm. this book is, I think, a different experience than than reading it when it was serialized. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. I mean, my experience for the last five years going to conventions, like going to the Comic-Con in San Diego or going to New York or SPX or anything, I seem to have, like, the same group, which has been, like, this weird mixture of families and kids and, you know, my old school comic book uh-huh. people, you know, and I, I was always worried that uh, they would chase each other away, especially once Russell got into the mix. But no, they coexist very nicely. Uh-huh. <clears throat> well, let's and talk. And the numbers were about the same really? in the Russell book at the end of the bone run, you know, like a, probably around 18,000 or something. Uh-huh. How did you, did you do the, you did the whole book in the oversized format, right? No, uh-uh. oh. this is the only time I put, did it all together. Oh, okay, all right. So, but you did like series, like wasn't there like a four volume version of it in the oversize? Yeah, we did the. I did them as a regular size comic because uh-huh. there were fifteen issues, and some of them were like thirty two pages, uh-huh. some of them were twenty four. And then we did, yeah, a tall size version that was like the size of a European album or like raw. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. And then we did one pocketbook, which was like half the complete story. And then we did, um, we completed the run in the oversized tall ones, which there were four parts altogether. And and then just like with Bone, I, then I went back and, <laughs> you know, from the end, you know, uh-huh. rewrote it from the end, you know, went back and patched up any plot holes, you know, smoothed things out, added pages to make the story more exciting anywhere where it needed a little... Mm. I gave it some. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. Did you? Did you? Uh, it's funny because when you started this five years ago, I remember there was quite a bit of uh, consternation about the oversized version. Uh, yeah. And I, but I yeah. feel like five years in, I feel like retailers are a lot less. I mean, I, I see books in all sizes, kinds of different formats oh, yeah. now. Oh, for sure. Like like the the. The IDW's artist edition. Oh, right. Fantagraphics <laughs> Popeye books. Yeah, it's very different, and and it, it was it was the same for us as well. I mean, by the time Russell was wrapping up, um, yeah, the last couple of books were selling, and the first ones were, you know, mm-hmm. were still selling. They were right, selling right. Better. So yeah, so no, it was it was getting better, but um, I don't know. I guess I just this this version here just started appearing. In my head, this is kind of how I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's larger than like a book, than a regular book, but it, it's wider. It's it's bigger than most graphic novels. Um, but the color thing only happened very late. Um, we were going to go with black and white up until just like last December. Uh, and Steve and I had been working on the, the color. Steve Hamaker, who did mm-hmm. the color roof on Bone. We tried for a whole year to find some color palette that was different than bone, but that really, you know, really worked with the material and and, and added to it and, and you know created that noir depth to it. And we just weren't finding it. And uh, we colored the first like two chapters, like oh my god, <laughs> like fifteen times. I think, <laughs> wow. I think Steve was Steve was going a little crazy. Oh. But eventually. Um, yeah, and in fact, up until December, we thought maybe we're going to go black and white with this book because the color isn't isn't doing more for mm-hmm. it than just running it in black and white. And, you know, and I was starting to think, you know, it is noir. What's wrong with black and white? But then Steve uh, came up with um, a technique where he was he layered uh, some different textures, and he could change them and shift them and drop them out when necessary and then his palette suddenly changed and and there it was Uh it was like oh my god there's this very rich and dark and smoky color that was just it just it just sunk into the panels and looked so good and then i got very excited about well now it's time to start throwing light in there (laughs) the way they did in those 30s films Uh you know what i mean like have light just slashing across somebody's face, you know, across their eyes, or or reflected light just hitting them from the back, and and then and then we were off and running, uh-huh. and then, well, and then poor Steve had to color the whole thing in like three months, <laughs> five hundred pages. Well, an astonishing feat. Well, it looks of the part I've only seen uh, part of it in color, but uh, it looks the oh part God, that I see. We totally have to send you. I that. know. Oh Just well, I will. I will. I will look forward to that. But I will say the whole format of it. 
Uh, it is a real novel. I mean, uh, like I said, even rereading it, you know, sitting down to reread the whole thing for this this interview or this podcast, it wasn't like, oh, I just sat down at 7 o'clock and, you know, by 8 o'clock I was done. I mean, it took me a few days <laughs> to get yeah. through it, just like a real book. Uh, it's you like know, a real it's book. It's like a real book, yeah. Well, so. and it's got, some, it's got some of those little denser sections in yes. it where it goes off into science or into Tesla or into mystical religions. Like but I, but I mean, that's what I really enjoyed about it is that it wasn't. It took its time. I mean, it did develop all these elements, and and uh, I know that you, as a storyteller, are very fond of having, having you know, symbolism that is yeah. is is not called attention to. So you know, a close reading is rewarded in in many cases, and there's definitely a lot of a lot of those aspects of of this uh, in Razzle as well. So um, oh, cool. you can I'm spend yeah yeah you can definitely you can definitely spend a lot of time with this book and um and get get a lot out of it. So uh, you know, you know, I was in I was in Luca, Italy. There's a really nice show in Luca. Comic book show, and my Italian publisher, who's publishing Bone, and uh, is about to publish Rassel, he was talking to me, and this was, and this is like two years ago or something. So, you know, he wasn't publishing it yet, but he was reading it, and he made a, an observation that I thought was very interesting. He goes, you know that where in Rassel you you stop, you know, the story and you start talking about Tesla, or you go into this, you know, these talking about science or history. He says, you know what you're doing there? You are doing the thing Herman Melville does in Moby right. Dick where he stops <laughs> and does talks about whale's heads. Right. That's exactly <laughs> and right. I, and, and that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Right. Well, you know, it's the novelist's prerogative. Um, I, let's talk a little bit about um, – your next project, though, I mean, you're going okay. on a tour for Russell, uh, which mm-hmm. is going to take up the next couple of months, I guess. But at the same yeah. time, you've announced you're going to be starting a new web comic called Tukey Save the Humans. Yes, what? and it's going to start November first, and I don't know how I'm going to pull this off, but I, but it's, I think it's going to be a very fun comic. Uh, it's got a much more of a bone like feel to it it's it's kind of directly between Russell and bone mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a sunday strip kind of a thing um that has a lot of focus on the artwork uh, i was just looking at some of these big giant oversized books that you were just mentioning mm-hmm. you know looking at some of the, the this great artwork that's been done by hal foster and alex raymond and all the ec guys and i thought I want to do that. So we're going to do a daily strip. Daily? Monday, Monday through Friday for five weeks. It'll be season one of Tukey Save the Humans. It's a story that takes place sometime around two million years ago when there was a you know, catastrophic drought. You know, all, there was a, it was really the, one of the first ice ages where all the moisture in the planet was like trapped in the ice caps. Uh-huh. So Africa was, you know, was dry. And all the creatures that were living there, including all the many uh, hominids and early humans, were all going extinct. Well, this is the story of the very first uh, early human to actually leave Africa. Because before that, that they were only in the uh, uh-huh. continent of Africa. And, uh, and everybody in the story is going to be trying to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's going to be really fun. There's going to be a lot of emphasis on like uh, the visuals. Um, 
And I actually want it to come out when Russell comes out because I'm hoping that it, the two pieces can kind of inform each other and kind of talk to each other in a way. Oh. Does that make, I don't know if that makes sense. Well, it I mean, does It does make sense, but I mean, it sounds like it's something else that you did a lot of research for. I mean, let me go back a little bit. Is this a story also that you've had been carrying around for 20 years or <laughs> 15 uh, not years? Quite as, not quite as long, but, you, but I've been thinking about it for about maybe four years. Yeah. Uh, and I've been doing a lot of research on it for sure. Uh, it's, it's another thing that I'm fascinated by, which is you know, evolution and um, Africa. And I, in fact, it, it probably the, actually the origins of this idea probably do go back 20 years because I took a trip to Africa with Larry Martyr and his wife Corey in yes. 1996 with Vijaya. Yes. And we went to uh, Old Divide. Gorge, which is where, you know, Lucy, I don't know if Lucy was actually found there, but it's where the Leakeys worked. Um, and I think Lucy was found not far from there. Uh-huh. And that was the beginning of, it uh, really kind of got me interested in the subject, and I've really been reading about it. And in fact, the time period I picked for this story is when there are still multiple human species around. I mean, we weren't the only one for a long time. Well, there was Homo erectus and Homo habilis. Right. The Australopithecines. In fact, I've got Lucy's, like one of the last Australopithecines left in my story, and she's running around with Tukey. (laughs) Oh, Tukey and Lucy. Tukey and Lucy. Uh, So as a daily webcomic, though, I mean, what format? I mean, is it going to be comic book size? I mean, I assume you're doing it for print at some point. Eventually it'll be print. Yeah, I'm doing it for free on the web right now, and the format is different. It's it's horizontal, mm-hmm. uh, so I've had to kind of relearn and rethink my my panel to panel syntax. But I also wanted to open it up more to put the emphasis on on, on artwork. Um, but here's the basic idea, and how long it works, I don't know. <laughs> but my plan, our plan right now is. Uh, starting November 1st is to run it like daily for like five weeks which would be like the equivalent of like 25 pages of a, uh, like mm-hmm. a comic book right then take a couple months off and then do episode two and it'll be the same thing so it's sort of doing it on a comic book schedule but doing it uploading on a daily basis mm-hmm. so and you'll have go oh I'm sorry go on no no go ahead oh I was just going to say now have you started work on it yet or yes yeah I've got um about 15 pages in the can. Uh-huh. All right. Um, are you, is this again something? <laughs> I'm well, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crash and burn on this one. Yeah. This, is, this is the one where I went too far. Yeah. Well, it's ambitious, and now you're going to get, but, you know, you're going to get that, that minute-by-minute feedback that uh, everybody on the web seems to be uh, so in love with. So, uh, <laughs> you know, this day, he really they lost it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is the day this where Jeff minute. didn't this do it. This minute, minute, yes, is where Jeff, yeah. Um, I, just, I just tweeted one of my first tweets. Oh, my God. So you, we got the real books are actually shipping now. So between today, which is like a third, and the 16th or 17th they should roll they should be rolling out most everybody should be you know getting rassle on their shelves in the next week i would think yeah well it's uh, i put my first tweet because i have, i got pictures of me holding it going look <laughs> wow so you're new to twitter as well yes i'm very new to twitter and i'm i'm actually on twitter
Twitter. I've got my own account. It's at Jeff Smith's Bone. And then, uh, and I've been on Facebook for a little while, but it's still kind of a, it's more of a promotional thing. So I get on there and you know, answer questions and just put stuff up. Well, Jeff, just a little word of warning. Um, if you spend too much time on Twitter, you will not be doing a daily webcomic. So just, you know, <laughs> well, pro tip yeah. there. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, probably, yeah. you are correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, uh, I, I mean, I know you, you talk, I mean, I know you've been kind of researching the freemium model of, uh, you know, web comics. Also, I mean, it's the way a lot of people are doing it now. They are serializing it first, and and it doesn't seem to be hurting the print sales. And in, in most cases, that's what it looks like. I, 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 the first time I noticed it was uh, when First Second did Faith Heron Hicks' book, Friends with Boys. Mm-hmm. Followed it quickly with uh, Siegel's own book, Sailor Twain. Did follow the same exact model. Mm-hmm. And then they very quickly announced that Faith's next book, which was What Could Go Wrong or something like that. And I'm like, hmm, that must be working for them because Mark Siegel's no dummy. Right, <laughs> right. So then I started looking into it, and I, I figured, well, there's subscription models. There's different models you can try and use. Well, you got to pick one. So I'm I'm picking the Faith Aaron Hicks model and see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, hey, Vijay and I, Publish it ourselves. We can change in midstream if we want. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, I, I, again, do you have those the story worked out, or is this you know is this a little bit uh, improving as you go? How much how much of Tuki is do you have planned? It, it's, it's the same as as Rassel and Bone. I, I I came up with my characters and the basic situation, but then the the first thing I did was figure out the end because mm-hmm. without the end, you don't have anywhere to go. You don't know where you're driving to. So, And again, once you have the end, you can kind of think backwards. Just hit two or three major you know, points for your outline, and then just go. Because it's, it's so important, I think, for the interest of the story to keep it alive. Um, I mean, I've got to sit there, and I've got to imagine things, and I've got to just let it let it happen. And I think if... If I can do that, I think it'll it'll seem real to the characters and then more spontaneous to the readers as well. It seems like a very uh, innovative and and you know fluid way to work. And um, you know, considering that like you have these two huge or you know sizable tomes where your your two previous best known works, you know, this this is kind of a different creative process in a, in a way, or at least you're putting it out there for everybody to see as you do it. Yeah, I don't. It's, the the main difference is that I'm just for some reason I'm not going to get money for the <laughs> for the comic book. <laughs> I don't I don't know why I think that's a good idea. Uh-huh. But, well, I, but but I'm going to try it. It's an experiment, and we'll see how it, we'll see how it works. Well, I think that's uh, how a lot of people do this, though. I I feel in Faith is actually a very good example of it because she does have. A uh, bunch of books that are out now, and it does seem to me that a lot of the cartoonists of the graphic novel era have have a have a shelf of books. You know, mm-hmm. they have backstock basically. They have a backlist, and and they can you know get some money off of that while they're doing their new work. So, in, in theory, it might might work, but yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, even if it, I th- you know, I mean, yeah, it might not work. I mean, who knows? That's the idea of doing an experiment. I've got to find out because I do. Th- well, I don't think print's going away, but I do think that the digital world is is the future. I mean, you can't ignore it. Um, I I mean, my whole goal is at the end to have some really beautiful 
book that's uh-huh. going to blow people's minds, just like with Rassel. But then, it's, but like you said, if if I can get people to come to the website every day, if they sort of like the Tukey or somebody tells them about it, there's two other books there uh-huh. for them to buy. You know, there's Bone and there's Rassel. Right, right. Um, and the Lucy not to mention action figure. Yes, little, wow. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> little stuffed animals and things yeah. they can buy. Uh-huh. Wow. You know, Jeff, you've been through so much as a publisher. And, uh, I mean, it just seems there's so many different models going on now. I mean, is this an idea that, that is exciting to you or is it daunting to you? Uh, it, it, it's very exciting to me. Oh, I mean, it, it's a whole new... It's a whole new future. It's a whole new frontier opening up. And, I mean, we've all been looking at it for years now, and nobody knows what's going on. Nobody. DC doesn't know what's going on. Marvel doesn't know what's going on. Um, Nobody knows what's going on. So, yeah, it's actually really exciting, but it's also scary. I mean, I suppose you could could get yourself in deep. It could, could not work. I mean, just just figuring out the website so that, um, you know, you can read comics on it in a comfortable, pleasurable way has been a very complicated thing for us to do. I mean, Vijaya and Kathleen and Tom, the three of them, they've spent endless months preparing uh, right. the technical side of it. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a big undertaking. And also, I'm mostly scared that I won't meet my deadlines. But, <laughs> That's not, that's nothing new there. Right, right. <laughs> Do you? Um, well, I, you know, speaking of this though, at San Diego, you mentioned on your panel that you were thinking of doing some new bone stories. Is that? Yeah, true? that was. Yeah, that was that was true, but not as exciting as it sounded. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I. What it is is. Um, you know, I don't want to do like a sequel. Like, I don't want to do another Bone comic. But I have, I have some ideas, and I kind of don't want to say what they are. But I, but I will correct the idea. It's not going to be like a new, new issues of Bone are going to start coming out. But I have, I have two projects that will involve the Bone characters, and they are going to be fun. That's all I can say right uh, now. <laughs> do you? Uh, um, I mean. Uh, sounds like they're probably going to be a little bit different format. I mean, which uh, yeah, you know, they're obviously... going to be they're going to be like standalone uh, okay. uh, projects. Uh-huh. Well, there is kind of a little bone averse, you know. You had the mm. the novels by uh, was it Tom Snagoski wrote them, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and uh, you know uh, there was Rose by Charles Vest. So you know you have had had uh, you know the bone tales uh, kind of yeah. model going on. I mean, mm-hmm. is this? Do you feel? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, the easiest thing in the world for you to do would be to have you know tales of the boneverse by you know your friends and <laughs> and right. pals uh i mean is but but it, at the same time it is a very fertile ground i mean do you do you feel that that going and uh expanding it a little bit i mean is this something you feel the urge to do i don't feel any urge to do it at all it's it's definitely there i can see it and it, it would be fun um tom stagowski really wanted to do the the quest for the spark books i mean he's been wanting to do it for 10 years um, and I just wasn't, I just didn't feel any urge, urge to it at all. Although the idea he had for the story was good and it fit in the world. And it did actually like, it's like you said, it was a, it was almost like a way to take a walk off the path of bone and go to some other part of the valley and see it. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Um, and what convinced me to do that was, um, 
not only Tom's enthusiasm, but Scholastic wanted more books. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, maybe I can get them off my back by doing this. <laughs> but the real thing that sold me was Vijaya. Uh, when she was a kid, she loved Oz books. And, you know, only like the first right. couple were written by Bond. The rest of them were... Well, yeah, there's like, you know, there's probably near 100 books now that have been written <laughs> by, like... You know everybody from Baum's relatives to Eric Schanauer. So right, right, exactly. And but Virginia loved those when she was a kid, and so she said, "This is for the kids." Whereas Bone, I didn't do for kids. Uh-huh. I did Bone for you and me, you know, and other people that would get the the homage to to funny animal books and Carl Barks and Walt Kelly. But these we really did do for kids, and kids love them. So that was fun. And also I did draw them because I do like drawing those characters. Mm-hmm. It's really fun to draw the bones. So, yeah, I, I, I hope I can always come up with a reasonable excuse to still draw the bones. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it certainly is, is, you know, remained a character that new readers are discovering all the time. So, and, you know, Barry, I, I am not saying that, uh, oh, my God, you need to do the Bone sequel or, oh, my God, Jeff, you've got to mine this Bone franchise. Uh, because I, I, I don't know if you ever read, you know, Tolkien started a sequel to The Lord of the Rings. I don't know if you've ever read that. It was in one of those weird books that his son put together, and it's called. Like, yeah, well, the... there was quite a few of those. Yeah, I lost track of those after. Yeah, I well, I'm one of the people who has all twelve, but uh, it, there was one called The Lost Shadow, and it's just so bad. It's so terrible, and you could see Tolkien struggling against this whole idea of of ever revisiting this world that he had yeah. really put to bed in in any way. So, um, you know, yeah, some... that's a, actually that's a really good way of putting that, Heidi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the world. I don't. I. I want so mine the the new bone projects will be the bone cousins mm-hmm. bone phony and smiley but it won't be it's not going back to that world mm-hmm. at all so oh. so see I love because I love the characters and I can, I can spend more time with them but I can't go back to that world that's that's for me that's done Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, it was kind of, you know, the story isn't where you want to be like, oh, and they lived happily ever after, but then Thorne had a daughter, and, and you know, she went on and, and she met a tiger, and um, it's more like, well, this was the story. This is what happened. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Do, you, do you want to write this? This is good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she met a tiger. <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, I, I, it, it was a, it's a story. This is the story of what happened, and the book is about what happened, and that's the end of the book and the story. So, right. um, do you? Uh, what, what do you? Just a little step back here in a bigger picture, though. I guess for um, uh, as a career, uh, I mean, you, you know, Razzle took five years, and and you know, Tukey, we'll see uh, what what goes on with that and how long it takes. Obviously, Bone was a labor of love. I mean, is this what the kind of you know, career trajectory you see for yourself from here on, um, you know, projects. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. I mean, um, from the beginning when I, even when I was trying to sell Bone as a comic strip, I still saw it as, as something that would eventually have an end. You know, that's something that would, would make sense from beginning to end. It was just, it was something that started in me when I was a little kid and I, when I first really fell in love with Carl Barks and Uncle Scrooge. And this was in the 60s before we even knew his name. And uh, I just really wanted to, like, if I could just, you know, find all the Uncle Scrooge comics, if I could just read them from one day to another, I just really believed that, you know, it, there would be, like, a succinct story. Um, and that's 
so that model kind of just came through with Bone, and it was planned from the beginning to to serialize a novel. And I, I actually had people, Heidi, question whether Bone is a graphic novel. They're like, well, it was a comic book. And, yeah. and I'm like, no, it, do you, you know, the, the history of novels is that they started as, you know, Dickens serializing things. Right. And then, right. then those are the first novels. You know? Right. And so, yeah, I think this is, this is the way I like to work. And it's, it's the way I feel like, you know, my art comes out and I'm most satisfied with the, uh-huh. With it. Well, so I mean, it's more to you the appeal of maybe coming up with that ending first, and and you know, spinning it out the from yeah. from that, as opposed to like uh, I'm gonna develop um, a cute little tiger, and the tiger will <laughs> right. do things every day for the next twenty years. Right. <laughs> um, well. Yeah, I mean, I was willing to commit the time to it. You know, like I don't know how long it was gonna take, but I knew it was gonna take you know years, and it ended up taking twelve. And then Russell was five years, but to me the, you know, it's I mean that where do you see this copy of Russell? Or maybe it won't be as exciting to anybody else. But I'm, this is what I wanted to do, and so like today is the day I get to hold the book and go, did it? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was a that was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, um, I think on that note, uh, I think what's a good time to uh, to let you get back to preparing for your tour and um, looking at your new book, Your Proud Papa. Uh, and um, so, yes, so we will see you on the road, I suppose. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to be in Brooklyn twice oh, in the next right. few weeks. That's so. right. All right. Well, we'll see I'm you. Sure I'll see you. See you there. Uh, well, thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. All right. See you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.